From Westside Church in Bend, Oregon, you're listening to Behind the Message. take you behind what we teach here at Westside. I'm Ben Fleming. I'm Evan Earwicker, and after another brief hiatus, we are back in studio with Pastor Steve Mickle. Hi, Steve. Hello, everybody. Steve, you just came back from Canada. You were speaking at a Bible college up there. Yeah, I was in Canada. A a former um, Bible college friend of mine, we graduated together uh, as a president up there of a four-square Bible school, and so uh, they had their annual fall retreat. So we were up there for two, two and a half days, and... uh, Hey, hey, let's right. start again. <laughs> I'd love for Steve to do that. <laughs> I don't know what happened let's there. Let's get it on there. Let me try to sound like Ben Fleming. <laughs> hey, everybody. Oh, no, he's got a deep voice. Anyway. Oh, I was going to say, it sounds deeper in my mind. <laughs> I could be way off. Church <laughs> Oregon. Oh, wow. Because the epic <laughs> conversation. A, I think that's a different podcast. Actually, Ben, if your beard had a voice, I think that's what it would be. <laughs> Are you telling me my beard doesn't match my voice? Uh, no, it just you have a very Philistine-esque beard. Uh, Philistine ass. Yeah. yeah, the Dutch Bros guy told me the other day that my beard was goals, so yeah. I've arrived. Wow. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know what to do now. So Canadians don't grow beards very much, very well. I didn't have it. Really? Know. I don't know. I should be careful. People are following me. Are now you going to grow Canada. the beard back out? Uh, no, I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. Done. Interesting. I'll probably shave it, but yeah. Anyway, Canada was great. Yeah, two hundred uh, students, and uh, the theme was all things new and. It was just really powerful time, you know. You guys, you guys have done a bunch of retreats. You know how that is, where youth come in and they just are so ready to receive from God. And so, yeah, it was great. We really enjoyed it. And beautiful location up in the mountains. Young Life, Young Life Camp up there. Yeah, Rock Bridge, I think, is the name of it, and it's four hours out of Vancouver, and just gorgeous, man-made lake and hiking, zip lines, a swimming pool, a beautiful swimming pool, and this mountain picturesque location i was like man young life knows how to do it it's it's good to use at least what four or five days out of the year probably yeah. at least yeah. <laughs> gotta get a list of young life's donors yeah those people know how they to raise it. some yeah. money and we've we've seen them bring in the donor groups during our camps when we run mm. out uh, young life and i mean they are they've got it down to a science yeah. they, they bring yeah. them in they have they've built special hotels basically for their donor groups that yeah. come in that are just top pretty notch, amazing just yeah. beautiful yeah and it pays off cuz you know thousands of kids lives are changed every year in those camps so yeah. it's awesome speaking of canada uh do you know we have a royal uh, canadian mountie on our welcome team here no, we, we, really we do <laughs> what? former mountie uh just joined our welcome team okay i need and the guys all yeah. right i'm going to have to meet him we, we haven't had him on the podcast yeah found out that they don't ride horses anymore i heard that yeah, that Whoa. was a surprise to me. I was so a, are they Mounties anymore? Yeah, they're still that called that, they, but they don't ride horses. They ride uh, moose now. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> they're taming moose. And I made the mistake of saying that they don't carry guns like the English police, but that wasn't true. I got corrected on that. They but it is illegal guns. to have guns uh, in Canada. Mm. Individuals. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Well, good thing you uh, took yours then. And <laughs> I assume, there's, made it I assume there's hunting hunting permits for like hunting rifles. I would think so. Yeah, but I yeah we actually didn't talk about that. Uh, that wasn't the topic of no. all things new. <laughs> hunting rifles. Let's talk about it. Really, what we should do is have a hunting podcast together because the three of us would really create <laughs> yeah. a lot of buzz, a lot of stir. We'd, we would have all the information. We would know? we would lose any hunters that actually listen to this podcast. <laughs> we would that, Google all the information. Channel our Ken Johnson and it would fail so badly. 
Uh, we should get him on here just to talk about hunting. You know what will happen, and this is an inside joke. Most of the listeners may not know, but any time Pastor Ken shows up at a meeting, his phone goes off, and he has a very distinct ringtone, and it is a duck call, and it is so funny. We were doing our vow renewal uh, a month or two ago, and and didn't see Ken at all. We started that. We started. We started the ceremony, and all of, all of a sudden, from the back, Ken had just walked in, and here comes this quack quack quack. <laughs> and I, so I turned to Suzanne. And I said, Ken's here. It made perfect <laughs> sense. Anyway, he's the former lead pastor here and great, great guy. And yeah, awesome dude. So let's talk about this past weekend, your message. Actually, let's just talk about the whole series. You're going yeah. through 1 Corinthians chapter 13, yeah, uh, the love chapter, and it kind of gets pigeonholed as a wedding or a, you know, yeah. my personal speaking of vows to your wife, that kind of yeah. setting. Right. And what you're kind of doing is taking it out of that setting and saying, let's look at this in a new way. Yeah, it's really important, I think, because it's, we've been talking about the way of Jesus all year long. And, um, in this, this chapter, I think it was Pastor Bo who, who suggested it. And, uh, it describes, um, the way that Jesus was. And so in every message, we're trying to connect, um, like if love is patient, love is kind, the last two weeks, where, where was Jesus patient and where was Jesus kind? Cause it, he was actually doing this stuff, you know, when he ministered on earth. And so just to kind of make it really practical, like, you know, we can do this tomorrow on Monday, et cetera. And so I just think that's uh, super important through this series that it's is, I, actually, when we started, I was kind of bummed. We're only doing four of them because we're only getting through a couple of verses of the entire chapter, but, um, we might come back to it later, but I've been, um, yeah, I think I've been pretty happy with it. It's, it's hard to speak on something that's so familiar to people that's, that have been around church for a long time, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. And that's what I was going to ask you. Are you learning anything new in this? Cause this is totally <laughs> one of those I know everything already. Ben, yeah. so I don't <laughs> well, I know you're really bored with this entire concept, but I call these scriptures, mm. um, tattoo scriptures because mm. the odds are really good. Somebody in the room has this tattooed on their person somewhere. And so they're super familiar They're You know, we've been through it, believes all things, bears all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Even if you don't go to church, you probably have heard it. Yeah. Um, so what are some things that are jumping out to you. Well, the speaking team has helped me a lot with the idea that um, that we love everybody. That's what we say as Christians. And so we think we should apply this chapter to all of our relationships. But the reality is, is that we don't, we don't have contact with everybody. We might love everybody, you know, but we don't have like interaction, day by day interaction. I think this chapter has more to say about the day to day interactions, the, you know, the people that we work with and the, the people that we live with. And, and, and that for me, it wasn't a revelation per se, but it was like, oh yeah, I need, we need to make sure we apply this to the people closest to us. Yeah. And not just talk, you know, you know, kind of at a high level of love is so important and it'll change the world. And well, I hope it changes my home. You yeah. know, I hope, I hope being kind to my spouse will actually change the environment in my house. That's what I need, yeah. you know, that kind of idea. And I think that if we can kind of stay in that lane, um, I think this series will be okay. And you talk about the different circles of influence that love has to, to affect the closest being our family, then are what's the next one? Church, church, church and community, and community. Yeah. And uh, as I've been listening the last two weekends, um, I think about my own life and where where there's a lack of love, and maybe that's different for different people. Maybe right. some people have a really hard time loving their spouse. Right. For me, I guess you know, I I, I love my family deeply. I love my work people. I love you guys. You know, that's an easy that's an easy love. Mm-hmm. The one circle removed from that. People that I, I am obligated 
to work <laughs> with or minister to right. and can struggle with right. that. And I wonder if, if it hits people differently on what circle or what level of that circle yeah, they struggle I, I've with. I've been hoping, Evan, that, that the Holy Spirit will reveal to them, you know, through this series, who is they're supposed to kind of lean into, what relationships they're supposed to lean into. Because yeah. I think they could, we could pick somebody from every circle. But um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there are, there are different, everybody's going to pick one of those circles and it's going to be different. And, um, but I was really excited that when I was talking about the three circles and I asked people, you know, does anybody have, you know, does anybody have people, only people in your life who only agree with you on everything and everybody laughed and no, and it was a sense like, yeah, we've got people in our lives. Everybody does that. We rub, you know, that just kind of rub us the wrong way. And, and, and I think that's awesome that we're not a church who's just, you know, yeah, I hang out with people who only agree with me about everything. And, uh, and love can have, has a lot to say about those relationships, even if they're, you know, a little bit further away with the people that we do work with and, and, you know, and we feel like we have to love them, but I don't love them. And, and I also think people think love means I got to spend 24 seven with them. Like this is a lifetime friend I'm going to try to develop. And that's not, that's not the case. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's just knowing how to treat people when we're with them. It's one of the biggest challenges for me is just redefining what that love of people is because you, like you said, well, yeah, well, I love everybody, which means I ignore most people. <laughs> I've noticed that in my own life anyway. And so you come up to me and say, do you love everybody? Well, of course I do. And then if I really stop and I examine what that might mean in my life, you know, first of all, I don't love my wife or my family or those closest to me perfectly. And then I don't want to, to really have the excuse of I'm not making anybody mad. All right. So that means I love them because that's how it translates yeah, in my mind. Right. It, it takes me back. And I think I brought this up in teaching huh. team too, to when, um, if you've ever had like a, a coach or somebody to help you with fitness, like, and you have a day where you're like, yeah, no, I'm fit. Like I feel good. And then they say, okay, put this on the barbell or run this far and then go again and do it again. And okay, well, I'm finally fit. I worked out again. All right, go again. You think you are, and there's always a next yeah, level. There's always right. that area that honestly we're blind to because we've never been there. And then you yeah. push farther into having to love that group of people. And I think I lo- that's one of the things I love about a, a walk with Jesus is he doesn't he doesn't push you to the to the max day one. You know, um, just like a great trainer doesn't, you know, give you too much weight to carry. He gives you what you can carry, what you can lift. And then that increases over time. And I think, I think that's what Jesus does with us in our spiritual walk. I think we all know that, you know, maybe there's an ideal way out there, um, but we don't have to get there tomorrow. Um, maybe not even in a lifetime. It's like, I'm just going to carry a little bit more today, you know, and I'm going to love a little bit more tomorrow and, you know, and I'll take the next day when it comes, you know, but I think that's, um, that's no pressure, no like heavy weight weight to this um, is important. You feel like it's your guys' job to push people into this, to be the trainer or the coach in this situation when it comes to leading well, this way? That's a great question. I, I think it's it's scripture. It's what it does. The words of Paul, the words of Christ, that's exactly what they do. They push us into this. They they say, okay, you, you start here. And, and we, you talked about this, not hating people isn't loving people, but that's a good place to start. Yeah. If you hate people, if there's groups or different yeah. Yeah. types of people that you hate, uh, start there, start not hating. That's right. And then, yeah. <laughs> but let's, let's keep allowing ourselves to be pushed by these, these teachings. And I would say the Holy Spirit is more than us as communicators. I would say, because Jesus said the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. So I kind of see him more as the coach, you know, the one that's internally with us, you know, um, 
encouraging us, uh, even convicting us at times, moving us, pushing us, um, you know, calling us to um, a higher higher way of living. And I, so I would say, Ben, to answer that question, I think it's the Holy Spirit. And I love what you said, Evan. I, yeah, we've got a man, if you hate your neighbor, okay, let, yeah, just... And you say stop hating. Most people go like, "How do I do that?" You know, and that's when you say, "Well, start praying every single day yeah. that the Holy Spirit would change your heart." And it's pretty amazing what He'll do, you know, and because yeah. that's what He does best. Yeah. I think of my uh, wife's grandpa Gordon, uh, godly man, just strong, you know, man of God, loved his family. I uh, was in World War II, uh, Navy guy, and was on a ship. And a Japanese bomb actually came through the deck that he was on uh, and didn't detonate. It was a, a dud. Um, would have would have taken out the ship that he was on. Anyway, so he clearly walked through a lot of intense situations in the war. And um, I had a conversation with him before he died, obviously, um, about his process of, of coming to grips with Japanese people yeah as as a people group and not allowing what he experienced in the war yeah. to create this burden of unforgiveness and hate in him and he he talked about the way that he had to come out of that wow. hate and into a p- position of of loving people and he mm. i think he truly did he he came to that place where we had japanese folks in our church and and there was no sense of you know, you remind me of that. And so, and I think there's, there's a process um, that I so respect in people that have, have come through trauma or maybe things that have happened against them um, to step away from that hate and Mm. unforgiveness. And deeply entrenched um, racism still exists. Right. And I think that's in the same genre of like, God, I just help me to overcome this and not treat someone that's different from me. Like, my parents or my grandparents treated people in that same group. You know what I'm saying? I think that's, um, this is transformational. That's why I think the way of Jesus is, I mean, I think people can work really, really hard and, and can become more loving without Jesus. I do believe that because like I've said in the series that his image is in us. I just think there's, um, it's, he like points us in the right direction and he doesn't let us get out, get away with it. I mean, if we're open to him, he'll keep coming back and, convicting us and going, yeah, you can't treat people like that, you know? And I, and so I just think this way of Jesus is way more compelling. And identifying the script that we have in our lives in like in the emotionally healthy leader book that we read through this last year, one of his main points is you have to identify the predictable areas of your life where you begin to become emotionally unhealthy. And you often follow a script. You notice when you walk into a familiar scene in your life. So you have deep rooted racism in your life that comes from your, um, your, ancestors and, or you, you, you operate this way in your marriage, you have to learn to predict, to see those things because you will find yourself on a script. It's kind of like when you, when you find yourself hanging out with your buddies from college or from high school, the same jokes come out, the same people come out, the, your personality will even change. And that's not even necessarily in a bad way. (laughs) Well, probably, (laughs) but, um, but, uh, you, you see yourself, there's these little triggers that you have and you're actually following a script more often than you know. And so, so often it's just, oh my, gosh, I do this. Yeah. And it's so much of a part of who I am. Uh, and I just follow the scene. I follow the script whenever I find myself in this position. I, I love the disagreement versus agreement and how that affects how we typically love and what you've been presenting as it's not, that's not important. You can yeah. disagree with people and it shouldn't affect how well you love them. And I think that's empowering for people to yeah, hear that. You guys, we just, if we, if somebody doesn't agree with us, we immediately put them in a category of maybe not all the way to hate, 
but certainly I'm not going to talk to that guy mm-hmm. or gal. I'm not going to have a communication with them. I'm not going to spend any time with them. I'm not going to, you know, um, and that's like this because they have a different idea, you know, or different philosophy. I mean, it's and it's rampant, you guys, in our country. It really is. Now, Canada, funny enough, about just being in Canada, they're they're the opposite. They're more passive aggressive, so they're really, really nice. I mean, like so nice. You just, you just they always are smiling at you, and and but they were quick to tell me, yeah, but there's there's tension underneath that we actually don't talk about and yeah. we need to talk about. Um, and so I think for us as Americans, maybe we talk too much and we need to be a little kinder, you know. So I'm, you know, somebody needs to go marry a. Canadian person have a baby and that'll be the perfect the child. Perfect child. I think it's happened before. I'm just guessing, yeah. but I think probably at some point it has happened. So along these lines, there are perfect people out there listening today. If you're half Canadian, half American, please get in touch with us. Yes, we will give you a job. Oh we will. This we'll is give somehow, you a job. This is somehow really wrong. I think you are the model. Oh my gosh. Um, so you actually had people in the, you suggested to people in the middle of the service two weeks ago to say, text somebody yeah. that you yeah. disagree with, that you have a problem <laughs> with in these relationships. I actually had somebody, um, one of the people that I've met over the last couple months, um, kind of a younger dad, uh, who, who said, I did that. And it really didn't work out for me. I actually out. simply just remembered how awful it was. <laughs> and I have actually discovered he's more unstable than yeah. I remember. Um, and his big question, which I would love to pose to you guys, so, so what do I do? So I'm supposed to fix this now, right? Because he's the person that I, that I texted. I'm supposed to fix this relationship, but I'm uncomfortable with him being around my family or even really being in my personal space to a large degree. I might not mind calling him or texting him, but so, so what does a person like that do? Well, I, yeah, I kind of realized that after the first weekend, um, processing it to the next weekend. And I think I said at the end of this last service, this last message that some conversations need to start with God, not with the person. And that's probably the case with people that are emotionally unhealthy, that are around in your life, that are abusive potentially, that um, you know, are unsafe. Um, yeah, I'm not, I don't think Jesus would say, hey, start a conversation with them. I think there's better to start that conversation with him, um, pray for that person, see if there would be a softening of their hearts, a change in their minds, you know. Um, and, and, then when the, and then when you're with them, um, that's when the, that's when that tension happens. You don't have to invite them into your home. You don't have to like, but, but, but when you run into them, you know, when you're in the supermarket and it's like, oh, they're, instead of crossing to the other side or trying to avoid them, you know, that awkward, yeah. like you just look down and you hope your eyes don't meet. Well, just <laughs> run, you know, that's, that's the way to live. Um, so when you run into them at, you know, just be ready to, and ask God for grace in that moment to be kind, you know, um, it's not like, hey, let's go out for coffee and now. And so I think that I realized that between week one and week two. That, yeah, so that's a leap um, in a lot of relationships that probably will cause more yeah. angst than but less. I think it, it was a good thing for him overall, at least in, in the conversation. He said, I, I, do, I do appreciate knowing where this person's at still, you know, so that that can change your prayer life and, and things like that. It's not necessarily yeah. just this terrible experience. Well, it might have been terrible to some, <laughs> to some degree, <laughs> yeah. but and i and i really do spend time primarily with people who um want to receive relationship you know that want to have a relationship that you know people that are just are always antagonistic 
I have a really hard time hanging out with them, you know? And I don't think that's unloving. Um, but I just like, I, I want to spend time with people who want to grow, want to continue to improve their lives, want to lean into the, to, you know, a better way. All, you know, that, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and that's not just church people. I mean, that's people in our community who are trying to be the best version of themselves. Th- those people, it's really great. Now I'm not saying we should just ignore everybody else, but, um, yeah, there's there is a, a balance that we've got to keep. Evan, do you go after the antagonists? Um, what I try to what I try to do when we talk about this and those antagonistic relationships, I think about the people in my life that I sometimes disagree with, but the baseline is a loving relationship. Whether it's my parents, my grandparents, there are ideas that they have or things that they stand behind that maybe I disagree with. When those come up, what is my response? Well, it, it starts from a place of, of love and relationship, but the disagreement still exists. When we step outside of those relationships and they're just, you're somebody on social media or somebody I meet at church, right? there's no relationship baseline. There's just yeah. the disagreement. Yeah. And I think that what this is challenging me to do is say, in those moments, remember that our calling is for relationship and love to win in those situations. Right. Yeah. So bring that into this. And I don't have a relationship with you because you're a stranger. Okay, well, Christ gives me a bridge to you in relationship. I can start there even if we don't have a relationship yet and express that same kind of love that I would say with my dad. If we were having a disagreement, I wouldn't just be all venomous and write him off, right? Yeah, right. There would be relationship. and I, So that's what, kind of how I see that is um, Christ gives us an ability to I- I- inject love into relationships that maybe don't have any to start with. Yeah. And that's good. That's a good distinction, Evan, because I've, I've approached this series in the, in, in my messages with not strangers so much in my mind, you know, it's definitely more the people that we actually do have to live with, you know, and we have to work with, and we don't really have a choice in that. Um, how do we love like Christ in those relationships? That's kind of been my primary, you know, thinking. Um, but to apply this to strangers is, uh, it would, it's, I would say it's even more of a challenge and important probably in our, in our society with where we're at. I keep thinking about and i haven't used it in a message i don't think i will but i don't know how many people have watched jerry Maguire. it's an older movie and um and there's a football player that's kind of the main one of the main characters and his brother is he calls his brother militant all the time you know and he he's, he uses that line man you're militant but i love you you know and it's just like this he just doesn't agree with the guy he's crazy but he's like but he's my brother you know and i just think i want that kind of relationships in my life where where I might really disagree with somebody like they, I think, you know, with a family member, but I'm not going to allow that to get in the way mm. of our relationship. And not that it can't. I mean, obviously there's a strange family members and family that we don't <laughs> like or don't have love for, but by the way, the holidays are coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Thanksgiving's <laughs> just around the corner. And one, one, one other thing you guys are thinking about, um, Henry Cloud talks a lot about the evil, foolish, and wise person, yeah. and I and I think we've. It's a good thing for us to remember that there are evil people in our lives in the world that our our love for them. And Jesus did say, "Love your enemy," and so we need to love them. But I'm but. But I, I would say, man, you don't need to spend time with them. Yeah. I mean, if they want your jacket, go ahead and give them your jacket and give them another one. But don't you know? Jesus didn't say you know, you got to hang with them forever. You know, and, and, and he so, gives us room in the gospels when we look at his life to say, well, he didn't do that. No, he isn't constantly going out of his way to accommodate people that are out to kill him or defame him. You know, like he clearly draws lines and says, you're not with me. 
yeah. shake the dust off your feet is what he told the yeah. disciples to do right. if they're not welcomed. So there's a line here yeah. of, of we don't we don't become doormats no. and just let everybody walk all over us because that's what Jesus would do because that's not what he would right. do. No. That's and exactly. the danger is if you don't want to be kind to people is, is you go ahead and put the evil people up in front of the foolish people and you say, well, they're not nice. So forget it. I'm not going to be kind to them. I'm not because that and you all of a sudden put everybody kind of into that category of if they're not already in my family circle or in my tribe circle, then they are under Hitler's banner or they're under the evil ones banner, or, you know, whatever. They right. become the untouchables, the unreachables. Instead, I'll just kind of do maintenance on yep. my own personal. Circle. Yeah, I mean, there are good people that voted for Donald Trump. I mean, I know that's shocking to so many people because that's all we hear on the news is like, I can't believe they did that. They must not, they must be evil. And I'm like, well, no, actually you just don't agree with who they voted for. But if you looked, if you got to know them and and spent time with them, you realize, oh, they're actually really good people. And, and maybe it's an actual interesting conversation to have about why they did, you know? And so I just think there's, I think we like to put people in groups so we don't have to, like you're saying, Vince, we yeah. don't have to have conversation with them and, you know, just hide them behind the evil people that represent that particular group and just label all of them that way, you yeah. know? And, uh, and just the way of Jesus doesn't allow us to do yeah. that. Cause that's what it takes the most work is figuring out exactly how those relationships should be. It's like, I have the tendency to throw all the clothes on the floor into the wash, into the laundry basket. It drives my wife nuts. She goes, do you know what's clean and what's not? I don't care. It's all on the floor. So it's all going in the basket because it's just easier in my mind to be able to pick it up all, all up and all call it one thing so that I know exactly what to do with it. When relationships are so much different, nah, can't do that. you know, you've got past experiences yeah. and, and you just met this person, whatever. There's so many variables involved that it's so difficult to just put somebody in, in, in one basket right away. And I think politics is a good example. If depending on what diet of information you are on, you're going to come to vastly different conclusions about what's good and bad. Yeah. And that's not just true in politics. That's true in our entire worldview. And so if we come with, I come with my church background worldview and say, well, I've come to these conclusions. You're an idiot or you're evil. If you don't come to the same conclusion, well, they didn't come through the same process of information that I have. That's right. That's right. And so coming to that place of, I have to realize that, that you grew up in a different way or you've been sitting in different rooms for the last 20 years. Yep. You're not going to come to the same conclusion. Yeah. Like the good. first week, Evan, just put yourself in their shoes just yeah. for a second. Think about what it was like for them to grow up in the environment that they grew up and, 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 and try to understand the choices that they felt like they had to make in those moments, you know, and just, and all of a sudden I, think our hearts begin to change yeah it's good fantasy football is happening right now i want to go to this because, i'm so glad you brought this up uh, because Thursday. Ben, it starts tonight ben and i are against each other this week and i love pastor ben a lot <laughs> but i'm owen two right now and i need a win you need a win oh. bad. and what i'm we gonna bet well are we gonna bet yeah i i don't I mean, whatever you want to lose, Ben, so just throw that out there, whatever you want to, because, you know. I'm totally going to lose this week. I am week. so confident this week. I don't week. like my matchup. I'm actually, I don't know. I'd love to hear what your listeners think. Russell Wilson or Fitzpatrick? I bet Ben has an opinion. 
I don't care what he thinks because <laughs> he'll mess with my mind and I'll be confused. No, so. I'll give you my opinion. I'll give it right now. I'm ready. No, you got to play Russell Wilson. He's playing at home. See, see, that's not true though because he, <laughs> Russell Wilson is has got no front line and he's being sacked how many times? He does have the 29th and, ranked offensive and Fitzpatrick line. Fitzpatrick so is scoring over 30 the last two, the first two weeks uh, every weekend. This guy is on fire. So Fitzpatrick is a known commodity. He has been <laughs> mediocre at best. Listen to this. For an extended amount of time, he has a few games of four touchdowns over 400 yards. It's a flash in the pan, and it's going to stop. Is it this week? I don't know. What our listeners need to understand right now is this is this is Ben's world uh, during football season. Oh, no. Every week we get, we get power rankings written by Ben, and they're paragraphs long. Yeah, I just every team. I feel like I need to strengths. apologize to the you know, the generation's team word, yeah. for the lack of leadership that they have during the football season. <laughs> oh my <I'm> gosh! <laughs> I need to really downplay my fantasy football uh, and football lo- knowledge. No, I love it though. Ben. It's so much fun. Me I mean, so we long. get you know you, you know when you work with people every day all year long, it's good to have these it's kinds of have, things yeah. to liven stuff up and you know have a little fun. Yeah, Rod and Spencer were meeting in my office like cooking up this crazy ideas for next year and spencer wants to take you down ben i mean there's oh something that he is just like everybody's so, so nice bad. to ben and i'm done <laughs> i'm like wow, okay wow <laughs> is nice. everybody nice to me we had a meeting I'm yesterday nice apparently no. evan was not nice to me yesterday <laughs> okay. you should have been there we decided when i was when i was over your guys' team and your boss, I was like all pastoral and nice. And now I'm just another guy in the office. We called him Pappy. Yeah. <laughs> Pappy's gone. Pappy is gone. That's strange. He's the I beat you. I beat you the first week, though. First week. That gave me my one and oh. You did. I wonder I how many people have stopped listening to this podcast. Most of them. I was flying no, pretty high. About the I was, community of us. I was feeling really good. And so then I even I changed my team name to a Trash Talk Names. So I, I was up against Justin. Changed my name to Justin Killer. Oh, my gosh. You did not. And then not. he beat me by double. He slid yeah, you. He, double. Yeah, so yeah. the shows IT me. guy beat you. That's pretty bad. That's pretty horrible. Because he's real bad. He's, Do you guys know, speaking of monikers, names for teams, that, and nobody told me this until my, my oldest son did at one point, that my Instagram name was at SS Mickle. So, so just read that, the at symbol. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You guys with me? <laughs> and nobody, t- I had it for years, you yeah. guys. Years. And it's not still told- that? No, of course yes, not. As soon as, as soon as Chase told me, hey, dad, your name, your Instagram moniker is Ask Mickle. <laughs> The old ass Michael. It was sounds like, like oh. something from a Seinfeld episode or something like that. <laughs> it's now at Steve under slash Michael. That's oh, probably God. smart. I, I I would never have read it with the at sign as an A anymore. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, it probably funny? would have dawned on me at some point. Yes. Your yeah. fantasy name is Smickle. It's Smickle. Yeah. That's just kind of always that's, been the, our thing. So, yeah. yeah Steve and Suzanne Mickle. There's no at in front of it there. That's hilarious. I felt like I might get in trouble for calling my name, my team name Lamb of Cobb. But... Nobody said anything. I haven't gotten an email yet, so I feel good about it. Anyway, I, I, don't I just don't even understand that. Yeah, <laughs> our listeners have probably all left at this point. <laughs> I'm good, good I, to be back with you guys. I tuned out a few minutes ago. Yeah, oh, I, fantasy football is going to make this even better. I have no idea what's going on. We'll be back next week. Behindthemessage.org or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you.